0: Uh, what up, guys and girls? It is Bobby and Sean coming at you for this week's episode of the Cronus cast. As always, this week's episode is sponsored by Par- Paragon Recovery. Use the code Cronus for 50% off. I won't get into the huge details, but the night gains and their flame off are my favorite supplements. Highly recommend you check them out if you are training intensely and are starting to feel it, and your body's getting a little bit sore. Uh, also their night gains great sleep supplement it helps me sleep great every night when i take it wake up feeling nice and refreshed even though i'm not getting the maximal uh eight hours of sleep that i should be getting
1: dude i feel that man this this week was fun to get back Unlike like you had this week my reset week was last week and so hitting it harder now was like it was a good rest cycle but my legs I don't know i feel like it it takes a while for me to get my legs back underneath me after like really long runs
0: really what's the longest run that you've done then
1: uh in this program today's so almost 12 miles uh, it goes up by about like a half a mile every week Uh and then uh yeah same with biking biking goes up by about five miles weekly now so um i think I'll probably, for my brick workouts, for the, at least the next month, it'll be around a 70-mile bike, and then anywhere from 30-minute to 60-minute run following that, and then just waiting for the pools to open up. Gotcha.
0: How is uh How is New York City doing right now? Well, I'm so annoyed.
1: Um, it's great that they're opening some stuff back up, and... Like I've missed being able to go out and just not have to wait into a li- wait in the line because they can only let so many people into like a Whole Foods or a Trader Joe's. Uh-huh. But people are still really rude to one another. Uh, this morning on my run, three individuals all decided to comment on my lack of a mask in the middle of a run in Central Park when it was 80-plus degrees out, and I'm clearly drenched. And it was just one of those, like, common sense things. These people are sitting around one another with masks on less than six feet away from each other. I am dozens of feet away from them, and they just feel the need to, you know, echo, put on a mask. Hey, asshole, put on a mask. It's like I think of the individuals that are going to be at risk of catching it are the ones that are sitting half a foot to your left and then touching you on your right. Yeah,
0: yeah, I don't get the whole, like, wearing masks when you're outdoors and training. Like, it doesn't make sense to me because, you know, the sunlight in UV is kind of a natural end a bacterial slash anti-infectious disease agent where the UV light is pretty good for you. So just the whole idea of putting a mask on working out, it seems asinine to me.
1: Yeah, and people do it all the time, like bikers, runners in Central Park, there's a, I mean, there's dozens of trails that you can take to make up miles. And I would say 50% of people are running with like a bandana covering their face. If maybe I was going on a 20-minute run, I would consider it, but like about for half a second, and then I'm like, no. But for anything over 30 minutes, I don't know what you're getting out of it. And the fact that people are just, again, so confident in – their own precautions that they can just yell at you and judge you I just think is is ridiculous and it it just goes back to this idea almost like the cancel culture where everyone thinks they have an opinion where they can just ruin someone else or attack someone else as if they're not living in a you know some glass hut and I should note all the people that yelled at me today and made comments like I smiled back at I waved at I gave thumbs up I really wanted to say some awful things back to them. But then I thought about it. Every single person was probably seventy years plus. I don't need to remind them of their own mortality. Right. right, right. They know that. They know. Like that'd be a really easy comeback just to you know, I'm not at risk. And of all the young people that are at risk, I wouldn't consider you uh, nor me a candidate for potentially contracting it because we're relatively fit. Feed- I I think it's like a more of a obesity related young person you know contracting COVID-19 right now
0: yeah it's like if I mean you think about things like you can control and what you can't control it's like if you're someone that's more you know at risk or you know has health issues like you probably shouldn't put yourself in circumstances where you are exposed to people who could potentially exactly. infect you you know so instead of blaming others you should be kind of for blaming others for things that that you can't control. You should probably control things that you can't control and then, like, not, you know, put yourself in these situations.
1: And these people are just so adamant about the mask thing. You know, I was annoyed by some of my classmates during the uh, protests up here in New York because they were were calling for just some really asinine legislation. They really weren't thinking about ways to better the relationships between the police force um, and different communities in the city. And it's the same people that, you know, they will repost. It's this slacktivism where they're just reposting stuff about masks. And I don't get, like, being offended for the elderly. Like, these people are the same ones that, you know, six months ago you were yelling at for, you know, ruining the Social Security program and destroying job markets because they're not retiring and destroying homeowner rates because you know they're not moving and they're driving home values up because there is less on the market. I mean, it's like you know we we're now we're protecting the 70 to 80 year old uh, group and I get it like everyone has grandparents. but I'm young, I'm healthy. When I'm that age, I think I'll understand that, you know, there's a whole bunch of generations coming and I've had my shot and I've had my time and I need to do something like maybe not expose myself in the middle of Central Park if I really think it's that big of an issue.
0: Yeah, 100%. And it's just like, uh, I think everybody likes to, I haven't really like come to a good conclusion or a good take on like why people are so adamant about like, you know, protecting other people. But it's like, you know, the world's a dangerous place. You know, if you try and make... You know everything as safe as it can possibly be. Then, like, you know, that's impossible. That's never going to happen.
1: Oh, it, it's it's like a hundred percent, like just an unattainable goal. And people think because they have feelings that those feelings need to be represented in everything that they see. I mean, it's, I mean, you you see it nationwide now. It's just this victim culture where if you're offended then there can't be a dialogue at all. And there were a bunch of uh, situations that you know are now popping up in the news, and I think there was a really interesting, maybe it was New York Times or the Atlantic article. I think we might have talked about it last week um, briefly. I really recommend going and reading. But it's talking about just the, the danger in college campuses now of students feeling continuously um, provoked and triggered by professors that are Introducing narratives or topics that are counter to maybe current uh, political dynamics, but are still a huge part of a discussion for a single topic. You know, you you can talk in in criminal law about police reform and the way that the modern penal Mm -hmm. code works. But at the same time, you can still have the conversation then about uh, the disproportionate um, treatment of, you know, the the black and brown communities in this country. But people don't want to like have the conversation before that. They just wanna, you know, attack the system. It's like you can't you can't do anything better for the system unless you address all of the issues. And that starts with understanding the totality of the subject, not just like the pieces you really want to.
0: Yeah, I think the article you are talking about is the uh, the coddling of the American mind. Is that the article? Yeah, that yeah. one. You sent you sent that to I me. I sent that to you. It was an Atlantic yeah. article. Yeah, it's a good article. Uh, pretty. It's actually not. It's pretty old. It's from like 2015 or something. But they recently published a book about the same thing. But basically, for those that aren't really aware of what's going on, I actually recommend you take a read. Uh, Google no. the uh, <laughs> cod- quote unquote the coddling of the American mind uh, in the Atlantic. It's a great article kind of highlight some of the challenges or kind of the climate in universities and higher learning right now where students are, you know, demanding safe spaces, you know, uh, my, like advocating against microaggressions, you know, making sure that words count and that, you know, that these emotions, that people's emotions are real and that we have to, you know, take into account people's emotions when we talk about things, blah, 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 blah. And then I kind of noticed that, you know, in med school, uh, it was kind of like wild to me, like the first year of med school, being exposed to like, you know, you, you have to watch your microaggressions, like microaggressions and your words count and mean things. And then like watching that kind of progression to like students like complaining about how med school like doesn't, you know, accommodate them and that the med school should change the med school's policies to be more accommodating for people that, you know, to take more tests or like they taking longer to take tests or are facing hardships when studying, so the school needs to, like, give them more time to study. They tried, at one point, going to a three-day weekend every weekend. Uh, to oh, my Fridays God, I off, love that. Just so that they can get an extra day of studying. In. I mean, I signed the petition just because I wanted a three-day weekend, not really agreeing with the whole idea. Oh, well, fuck, but just, yeah. But it's like, this, I think it's, becomes, it's becoming more apparent in higher education uh, these days where, you know, students have the expectation that, you know the universities and teachers have to bow backwards for them to make sure that they can succeed and that you know when the students or when the teachers aren't you know giving them the the best opportunities to excel that you know it's like systemic injustice against them and it's like it blows my mind because you know med school is hard for a reason because being a doctor is hard like there are there the hours they work as a doctor are, are long residency is hard and long and people like get to this point where they just expect, you know, that that people will bend backwards for them to accommodate them. And yeah. it just becomes a toxic, mental, psychological, like, trap that people fall into and that, you know, anxiety is higher, depression is higher, mental illness becomes higher because, you know, uh, it's like kind of sensitizing the brain to, to become less resilient to yeah. like, mental
1: in, in information law, we have this uh, model where you have like codes, laws, uh, norms in the market. And I feel like now we're at a place when we look at higher education in the market, individuals are expecting that if they're paying these outrageous costs to go to a single year of school, that they should be able to dictate the curriculum and their return on the education they're receiving. It's like that's not the purpose of higher education. You aren't paying to go and have a fun experience. You're going to be challenged both right. academically. You are going to be challenged by different viewpoints, and it's through that challenge that you grow and you identify, you know, the person that you are. When I got to school, uh, you know, growing up in a military household, I was more conservative. While I was at undergrad, I became kind of more, you know, of a centrist. And then as I've continued my education in the military and then now at law school, it's like, you know, I've started seeing that shift as who do I want to identify as as an adult. And I would not have gotten there if nobody had challenged my previous viewpoints. And to think that you can dictate how we should be teaching is just outrageous because all that's going to do is just close the door on 50 percent of the knowledge that's out there.
0: Yeah, that's a good point that you said about – the students dictating the teachers what they like want to be like to get other education. Cause like, I feel like a lot of my classmates came with the expectation that, Hey, like I'm going to pay like $50,000 a year for med school. And then, you know, I'm just going to pay that money. And at the end of the experience, I'm just going to get my diploma. This has MD on it, but it's like, it doesn't really work like that. You can't just pay for something without working for something. It had the whole purpose of paying for school and then just expecting a diploma at the end of it.
1: I still don't understand. I've, I brought it up earlier, but I, our, our school went to a uh, pass-fail structure for the last semester, passed all of my classes. But that, to me, seemed unfair to society in general, not just to the law students that you know maybe got their groove. Like, I feel like I, I hit my groove this last semester and then now in the summer months. But for everything that's going on in society, for – students at schools, not just law programs, but at undergrads across the country to have this pass fill framework when people are dealing with significantly larger life issues in the workforce, keeping their job, losing their job, paying a mortgage, feeding their children, staying healthy, all those things considered, for the students that get to stay in their bedrooms and learn, and I think of like, you know, individuals, probably just one to two percent of a student population would actually uh, face you know a more difficult time learning in that environment than the other 99, 98%. It just seems unfair to society in general that academia is giving a pass to individuals for the entirety of last semester. It's like the semester never happened and I think that individuals last semester put forth about 75 to 80 percent less effort once they found out all they had to do was meet a minimum instead of trying to achieve the, the you know the maximum. Um, I think the same thing could be said for fitness. If if we did fitness the way that people expect education uh, is supposed to be taught, you'd go to the gym and be like, "Oh, I don't see results. I want to do it my way. I don't care what the trainer has to say. I don't care what my nutritionist has to say. I want to be told I can eat as many Cinnabons as I want because that's how it's supposed to be. It's like, well, no, you're still going to get fat as shit and you're going to be incredibly unhealthy. Like education – should not have like that much of a uh, a separation between like what we need to learn and then what the student thinks they should be taught.
0: Yeah, I just think it's like I don't know like what the answer to that is because on one hand, you know, it's not a bad or it's it's kind of it's not a bad idea to take an account that students might have you know faced challenges that you know the school might need to take accounts for the account for for example like learning disabilities or. You know difficulties with paying attention like ADHD what have you or not but at the same time though it's just like where do you draw that line like the line at like ADA's because I remember like the Americans Disabilities Act because uh, I remember like literally when the, in the 2016 election when Donald Trump got elected the school like pretty much shut down for a day people were crying in the hallways like there was like protests people stopped going to classes and like a lot of people like failed that block and then they tried saying that they, you know they tr- didn't have to retake that block because you know they're under such mental anguish from the election that they felt like they couldn't apply themselves to school which is just like it blows my fucking mind like what kind of resiliency are te- are we teaching in you know colleges and and med schools like what are you going to do like you know if you know you, like for example if you're a doctor like what are you going to do when you know your patient dies are you going to like stop working and not not take care of the other like 10-15 patients that you might have like i get it like it's tough and i get it it's not the ideal situation but you know life isn't fair you're not dealt like a you know perfect hand every time you have to play with the cards you're dealt and you just have to you know just be resilient and just push past what you don't like and what you can't control and just control you can't control
1: yeah and it goes back to something you i think you said maybe uh a couple months ago when we were talking about the, the immigration challenges that, you know, individuals in the world are facing trying to get into the United States and, you know, a lot of people are having a, a very high degree of ignorance towards people that are struggling to become citizens of their own country here in America. And it's like you and I were born very luckily to be Americans, you know, you first generation and, and me, you know, my family came here years ago. But, like, take advantage of that. Like, there are other individuals that were born in Afghanistan that grew up, you know, under a Taliban regime. And then were like, I have no other, you know, outlet except to join Al-Qaeda, except to join the Taliban. And the next thing you know, those are the guys that we're fighting when we deploy. It's like you literally, if you had been born on the other side of the world, your fortunes would be completely different. And if you can't realize that or put yourself in someone else's shoes and you lack that empathy to like really understand the situation and maybe all the great things that you have in your life, like you are really wasting the time that you have.
0: Yeah. I always enjoy, uh, in that context, Creed Bratton's quote on the office where he goes, I already won the lottery. I was born in the US of a baby. And that's such a true statement. Like, just the fact that you're born in america like and that's another like thing that people like to say that like you know this is like the worst time that america's ever faced no it's not like America been like the best economic times ever faced people are living longer Healthcare is better than it was like before you know i mean there's definitely things that can be get improved but like by and far like this is the most prosperous time that america's you know faced in the recent history or it's, yeah it's,
1: and and it's getting you know it sounds bad now, but it's getting better for millions of Americans. The on-the-basis-of-sex uh, on is now going to uh, be extended to individuals that you know are gay, uh, the ones that identify um, as trans. Like Now we're going to have equal protections and health care for all of those individuals. So it's like America is doing great things. Again, it does not happen overnight. It is a very long process, but I feel it gets there – and in a more concrete way than other countries around the world. So it's just frustrating, again, whenever you turn on the news at, at, you know, at night, you've only got two sides of the story, um, and there's no discussion about you know, what happens you know, in between on the coin. But I think you know, we've hit that pretty significantly in the past on podcasts, but I, we know we promised uh, all the listeners out there that today we're going to talk about that moment you get your Ranger tab, and what to expect within the first day to 30 to 60, 90 days after graduation being a new ranger qualified individual serving in the United States military. So uh, we have different perspectives on it. Uh, Bobby did it. Uh, a little bit later uh, and then went to the 75th. I had to do it essentially because it's a requirement coming from iBolic. Um, so we'll be able to talk about, you know, what it means to get it at different points in your career, uh, what those expectations mean, and then how you go forward and build, you know, a successful career of representing the the ranger organizations out there uh, to the fullest of your your ability. So Bob, you want to kick it off? What it's, what's it like for you know someone going through that did not have the eye experience
0: sure so for those that didn't know i went to ranger school uh, i guess it was almost a year and a half after i had gone into the army so i went in 2004 in february january 2014 so i was already i was i was like, like first lieutenant at the time i want to say is that first lieutenant a like, year and a half in
1: yeah your first lieutenant
0: Yeah, so I was the first lieutenant, so I already had some experience in the Army. So I was a little bit late to getting to, you know, to Ranger School uh, as lieutenant. But um, getting out of it, it was uh, a great experience, I thought. However, I will say as kind of a cautionary tale um, that I, when I graduated from Ranger School, I went back to my unit. You know, I dropped my my RASP 2 packet almost immediately uh, when I got back to my unit because I was in that timeline, that window for, for applying to 75th. So I dropped my packet, and then I was essentially moved to staff because, you know, I was on the wait list to go to RASP 2. Got my packet approved. Was set to go in September. So from, like, May when I dropped my packet and found out I was going to go, May until September, I was sitting on staff. And because I was sitting on staff, I became... um kind of complacent and lazy and kind of just generally honestly kind of a piece of shit um i hated being on staff because you know you're sitting there just planning stupid shit like uh just putting stuff on the calendar that you have no idea like what actually means like i remember i was playing an operation to like deploy guys to, to like a mission in, in uh, korea but i was like i don't know what any of this shit is i'm just like playing and just like making stuff off as i go so I became like super complacent, and like my work was terrible. It suffered terribly. And then at one point, uh, my S three pulled me off the side. well oh, actually, that no, was my S three. It was the HHC commander who was a uh, two seven five guy. So he was a he had a scroll already. He pulled me in his office and it was like, "Hey, man, like what is going on with you?" I was like, "I I don't understand, sir. I'm like doing my job." He goes, you're not doing your job. I'm getting complaints from the three. You know, he's going to take your RAS, your RAS away from you because you're not performing. And he's like, just just because you have a tab, you know, you have, you can't sit back on your heels. Like people look up to you, like all the other lieutenants on the staff section, guys who uh, will never go to the line, essentially like guys who are broken or like have injuries that prevent them from going to the line. These guys look up to you because they'll never go to the line and you're sitting over here complaining and bitching about being on staff when these guys are stuck on staff the entire time in this unit and i really kind of like sobered my my viewpoint of things uh because i didn't really realize that i was being such a shitty like leader you know i thought i was doing like all the right like doing my job but i wasn't like you know i didn't have the right mindset of Supporting the mission, being a good team leader or team teammate, because I like didn't give a fuck about the other lieutenants on staff because they were just you know on staff, so I was like I don't give a fuck about these guys, I don't give a fuck about this unit, like I'm off the seventy fifth, later fuckers. But then that's like the worst attitude to have because you know at the end of the day you should be taking the opportunity to better the organization, no matter what organization you're in no matter how good you think you are like i became super cocky because i was like one of five people in the fa battalion with a tab so i just immediately thought that you know i'm better than everybody else which is not the, the the mindset that you should have and that was a huge learning point for me and a huge like dose huge slice of humble pie to to not um to, to really be humble and to really help those how about the help out those around you because um uh, it was really i i guess i came really close to losing my spot and then it wasn't until my commander that pulled me aside and told me that like you need to shape up or you're gonna lose your spot and you'll be stuck here that i that i really took that to heart and really kind of changed myself
1: what was it like immediately within the first week of getting back to your unit you know wearing the tab um you know especially being in an fa battalion, was that something that you know people asked a lot of stories about how school was or what what was your focus
0: it was like it was kind of weird because there were guys because c- uh, another thing is i got moved to a different battalion uh different brigade because my brigade was shut down so they sh- they just allowed trans- me transferred me to the next brigade over instead of pcsing me to where we were, they're were standing up the new brigade so i got like lightly transferred to the other battalion and that like just walking into that battalion with a ranger tab guys were like oh who is this dude like and I, and I also had like a second id deployment patch on too because i deployed with my old unit so like just by those two factors alone i had like a lot more credibility where guys were looking up to me and um i think i didn't recognize that guys or people looked up to me and i kind of just didn't give a fuck about work because it was just wasting my time and then yeah. uh it really put a detriment on not only like my section but like the whole s3 section with all the other lieutenants and officers and, and ncos in the section
1: i mean, that's a huge point that you bring about being put on staff because when i did get to my unit at hood and i was ranger qualified and i felt like i was one of the most fit individuals you know on that entire installation just from walking around and going to any gym with any armor officer uh I was like really angry that I had to sit on staff because it was like, all right, well, the army just sent me to I Bullock. The army just spent money to send me to ranger school. I was successful at ranger school. Uh, why am I not going straight to a platoon in order to use the, you know, the basic, very basic skills that I Bullock, you know, tried to, to teach me um, and, and put those to good practice. Cause I sitting up here in staff. I you know I learned every single name of every single platoon leader in the battalion, and went through kind of like a rank order of all right. This dude's a turd. This dude's a stud. This dude's middle of the road. Like, where do I see myself potentially winding up? And then because we had um, both infantry and armor companies, I remember being told at one point like, oh, uh, the BC might give you a tank platoon. And I was sitting there like, yeah, no, no fucking way am I taking a tank platoon. Like give that to some three or four stars son that went to West Point that, you know, drinks monsters and wears tank boots and runs a 16 minute two mile. Like give me the, the light infantry platoon so that I can go and, you know, try to take stuff at ranger school and, and pass it on to the, you know, private specialist, brand new sergeant and, and see how my squad leaders are and, Like, see what I can, you know, really push the envelope in when it comes to training and proficiencies and how I can work with the platoon sergeant better. Like, that's the stuff I should be focusing on as a brand new second lieutenant. I shouldn't be sitting up here on staff making, like, a con up on how to clean up the connexes that are down in the motor pool. Like, what a fucking waste of my time. I still think that, by the way. When I was at uh, Carson and I was sitting up on brigade staff, I thought the exact same thing because there were tons of company commanders that I either knew before from Hood, knew while I was at the career course, or worked on you know projects with them while they were on staff and just sat there going like, listen, I get that having a Ranger tab isn't the end-all, be-all, because there were plenty of infantry officers that showed up with it that were total garbage and overweight and were wearers and not bearers. But for, I would say, three-quarters of the guys with Ranger tabs it does separate you and does say something about you that you've got it. And so for me, that's always been like something that I've not been able to process very well with how the Army manages its talent. Um, So when you were, you know, in your battalion, once your company commander had that talk with you, what were some things that maybe you saw differently afterwards and um did you start recognizing that you know your ranger tab meant more to some others than it did to you with how they treated you
0: yeah i would say they definitely like i became more cognizant of the fact that the guys the other lieutenants that were my peers actually kind of looked up to me because it looked to me for like some not really guidance but just like some i guess like indirect influence on how they should be acting or behaving in the office because like you know, I would come in and like in the mornings after PT, I would like drink my coffee and just throw my feet up on the desk and just chill out there for a minute, for like an hour. Just like wouldn't do my work for an hour just because I thought it was stupid. Didn't want to start working, and then, then all the o- I started noticing that the other guys would do the same shit too, and then the AS three was like, started noticing that and called me on a tube And then was like, look, these guys look up to you because you have a tab because you have a deployment. And just because you're, like, leaving the unit to go to 75th, like, you can't... I can't have you, like, creating this toxic environment for these other guys to work in. It doesn't help us out. And it only hurts these guys who will never... Or who most likely will never go to the line and will almost never go to ranger school because of that fact. So, like, you really need to, like, not only pull your weight, but to, like, show up and be a good influence on these guys. Because whether or not you you care or not, they look up to you and kind of model the behavior you are for you. Yeah. So that, uh, that was, was something like, that yeah. I remember
1: being at iBullock, having not yet graduated, waiting for, you know, a school date to, to populate on our, our calendars. You would see a lot of uh, details of, like just newly graduated ranger qualified infantry officers that would have to come and like you know help run whatever platoon live fire we were doing or company live fire or the sticks or the machine gun uh ranges and they were handing out ammo and i just remember being like i am so jealous of these individuals right now because they seemed like so cool like i understood like no i'm gonna go i'm gonna pass that course just like this you know dude did but Like, them standing there with their tab and just being like, yeah, like, here's your ammo. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. You're like, man, like, all I want to do is be as confident and, like, happy and proud that I'm wearing a Ranger tab as this guy right here. And so after I graduated, I was like, man, I really hope I don't get put on a detail because... That sucks to go and have to play like op four or like go back out to the field after you've already graduated. But at the same time, I kind of look forward to it because it was one of those. All right, I've got mine. Like I can go help out like in a very minimal way. You know, this organization that made sure that at least I was successful in going through Ranger School with I Bullock. Um, And so that was like I look forward to that. And I did I did have to go out for a detail and uh, got treated way differently because I had a tab compared to some of the other guys on the detail that did not.
0: Yeah, and it's like, I think that's a great, like, my experience has really shaped kind of my demeanor that I put, um, that I show amongst other people or peers. And that, you know, just by the fact that we have tabs and that we have, you know, come from regiment, we're held up a lot higher standard than your average soldier or your average what have you. Like, people look up to us for, you know, what they should be modeling like what the right thing is like just because we have a tab and we have the ranger experience like the regiment experience too people are like oh this guy like no has been there he's got the experience like we should be doing what he's doing just like not even like overtly thinking that but kind of like subconsciously thinking that because you know it's just held in such high esteem up both the tab and the scroll are such held in such high esteem that you know people then look to you as to like what i should be doing or how i should be acting in public or in certain cir- in certain circumstances too so
1: yeah, I mean, like we talk about it with Kit. Like I went to a range before um, my last deployment to qualify, and it was like, I better shoot expert. <laughs> you know, you you know immediately when I got on the range. Um, some of the guys that I went to qualify with from HHC were like, you know, like, oh, what are you gonna shoot? And you're like, man, if I shoot anything less than expert, you know, people are gonna think I'm a I'm a scrub. And so, like, shot expert. Um, Would have shot 40, fucked around on the last shot because I thought I was a little bit too cool for school. But, like, even seeing the different kit configurations that other captains had on the range, like, SF is one thing with their kit where they're just, like, cowboys and they wear whatever they want. And, they you know, like, they like to wear their gloves on some carabiner on some random part of their kit and have – not only do they have, you know, a, a belt configuration, but they've got all the pouches on their front. They've got a million pouches on the back. Like, I don't know shooter preference mission dependent but regiment was like no it's like very clean and and very sterile like you don't carry more pouches than you need everything has a purpose you don't like mess around like that's the first time i've ever been in an organization where i always wore my gloves i always wore my glasses like you had to set a standard so when i went back out and saw these other captains showing up wearing like trying to be like these sf dudes it like that pissed me off it was like, dude, you could have gone SF. If you wanted to do this and, and be like a shitbag when it comes to standards, you, you could have gotten away with it in an organization after you earned a long tab in your Green Beret after a year and a half to two years at Bragg, but you didn't. Instead, you got fat at Captain's career course and you showed back up out here, and now you're embarrassing all the individuals that have a Ranger tab because you haven't held yourself to a, a better standard. Um yeah, it's it's awful. I mean, so like moral of that part of the story is after you graduate ranger school, just continue training as hard and always feel like you're being watched by some R.I. in the corner of your staff table or when you get down to your platoon, as if, you know, one of the other platoon sergeants is an R.I. that just finished and doesn't wanna, you know, write back to his R.I. buddies that they let a turd slip through their fingers i mean that like that should be something you always want to maybe potentially meet an ri that did your you know that walked you or that was you know in in one of the battalions down there and they can look back and be like no i remember you like you were good like i'm glad you've gotten out here and you're you're promulgating all the ranger ranger doctrine
0: yeah that's kind of like my um kind of uh idea that i've taken on is that like you never quite make it you know Like, you're never going to be... Just because you have a tab doesn't mean that you're some hot piece of shit... Or some hot shit because, you know, there are thousands of other officers that have tabs too. So, there's always... That's how I kind of like to view things. So, like, there's always something that's going to be better than you. Someone's a better leader. Someone that's stronger. Someone that's faster. Someone that's, you know, that knows more. That knows that's better at their job than you are. So, as a result, because you never make it and there's someone always better than you you should have to keep pushing yourself and to keep striving yourself to become better and to kind of you know never never getting complacent with where you get like because of that experience with my with myself being on staff and fa battalion like i became super complacent with like i was still crushing bt because i was getting regular RAS too, but, you know as far as the job goes as far as doing work i was became super complacent like i didn't do any it didn't pull anything around the office it was just like you know i just became kind of a toxic uh individual on staff because i thought that i was too good for it but in the reality like you're never too good to do stuff like stupid shit or to you, like you have to do it and you have to pretend like you like it in order to create a good uni- organizational culture that you know that really lifts everybody else up around you.
1: No, absolutely. I, for the guys that are graduating i bullock and then go into Ranger School, like everyone knows the feeling. Once you graduate school and you show back up for that, you know, first random formation of the individuals that are waiting to class up, the guys that have just graduated, and then those that have just graduated Ranger School, and they're they're separating everybody by these platoons, and I think it's like you know the fourth platoon is the Ranger grads and the I-bullet grads that are either failed or, or now waiting to PCS. It's like a really awesome moment because for, you know, six months you're in these formations and you're the guys or, or you're classed up, but, you know, you're looking at these brand new ranger qualified infantry lieutenants and you're like, I just got to get there. I got to get there. And then finally when that date comes and you're standing there and they're like, we got nothing for you today, or, or you're going to the mech leaders course next week. You're like, whatever, like dope. I'm just glad that I'm standing here. My hair is short. I look stupid, but... Like, I've got my tab. Um, I had to go and do the squad sticks as op four. Uh, And, you know, if you're a New Ranger graduate, like, you're going to see some stuff that, like, you thought you probably didn't do while you were at Bullock. whether it's, like, some really awful tactics or, you know, you didn't really have good command and control on the objective... But then you're going to see individuals that don't care whatsoever about ever getting the tab or the fact that you have it that will just totally disregard any AAR comments that you have for them. And for me, that was, like, one of those – that was the first time where I was like, I'm going to shut my mouth. Like, I'm going to let this dude just run with how he thinks this is going to be because if he's this cocky and, and cares so little about, like, feedback from his peer, then, like, this dude's lost. Um So it was, like, one of those times where it's like, you could help out a situation. And I think the biggest thing with graduating ranger school wasn't so much of a, oh, I accomplished something. It was, like, oh, I learned something that should be passed on, you know, to individuals that I think would benefit from it. So if you think that your platoon would benefit, you know. And for me, at a mech unit that did, like, zero light stuff ever, it was just all gunneries and all these, like, Bradley maneuver things, like a lot of the squad leaders uh, had completely, if they've never been in a light unit, completely forgotten the basics of like light infantry tactics, and so like having that ranger experience and trying to emulate the RIs teaching um, basic movement techniques uh, in different formations and speeds and communications, like that was huge because you know we we went to Afghanistan light instead of heavy, and uh, aside from my uh, platoon sergeant and about maybe five other soldiers in my platoon of 42 like everyone else was essentially like a baby tanker and it like we had to spend about five months training up every single day and at jrtc to make sure that like we were basically proficient with stuff that guys at 10th mountain 82nd 101st kind of take for granted
0: yeah for sure i would say like uh yeah i would say like uh i think i didn't really take that much to heart about um taking my ranger tactics to my unit because i guess you know i was going to back to my fa battalion like not many guys really i wasn't on the line either so it's just like i was just in the in the office uh in this in the three shop so maybe i should have taken a better job of taking that you know idea of being a ranger to kind of help those around me kind of you know show them to be a positive influence, I guess, in, in the office and help them kind of, uh, help them stay motivated to do these stupid, like, training, plan this dumb Yeah. Training. Yeah.
1: I remember when, uh, my dad was telling me after he had graduated Ranger, cause he was an FA dude too. Um, he would go out to like training events and that was back in the day when like you didn't have patches on the outside of your jacket. You know, like now, like you've, you've got to have a patch on everything now, but like, he would go and he'd be doing maneuvers with, you know, infantry companies or infantry battalions. And it, as one of the very few uh, Ranger-qualified F.A. lieutenants in, you know, the brigade that he was in in the Duvarty, he would get, like, a lot of shit sometimes from the infantry officers that didn't know that he was Ranger-qualified or even from infantry officers that weren't qualified. And he was, like, he, he was a very humble dude, and he wouldn't really say much. He would just be like, well, I, I think, you you know, I, I just walked that lane, and I, I think your grid's off. And then it would get to the point where, like, the company commander would be like, hey, Brian, don't you think it's a little hot in here? Like, you want to take your jacket off? And my dad was like, that was his favorite time because that was where it was like the tab did the speaking for him. You know, he'd just would take off his jacket and was like, oh, here's this F.A. officer that went and got it, that didn't have to get it but wanted to challenge himself. And so then he went back and was like, you know, if I'm learning anything from Ranger School, it's the fact that, you know, you can pick up things that you weren't expecting to learn and then at some point it's going to come back up again. So, you know, for him being an F.A. officer, the way that, you know, the F.O. would communicate things back to the platoon leader in the company at, you know, when uh, you're 10 days down in Florida, he was like, okay, now I see how that kind of would translate to, you know, his battery um, receiving fire missions. And it was like, all right, they're, now I understand how I'm supporting the, the infantry dudes on the ground. So I, I always appreciated that whenever he told me stories about you know when he was a brand new uh lieutenant fresh with his tab
0: yeah and then another thing on top of what you just said about like you don't really know what you learn until you have to use it now that i look back on kind of uh, my time in the staff in the staff section i really kind of wasted that time because i kind of just chalked it up as being useless but you know a lot of being an officer like probably half the time you're an officer you're in this on staff or planning stuff so like as a result i should have just taken that opportunity to get better at planning to get better at being on staff because you know for the rest of my career you know at that time you know i was looking for, like i was expecting to be on you know you're expecting to do staff time and expected to do plan exercises so i really kind of squandered that opportunity to kind of learn uh and make myself better and to develop myself and that's kind of like where i draw that um that idea or that motto of always try to make yourself better and try to learn from whatever situation that you're in, because you never know uh, or to, to maximize your performance every time you're in a new job or something, because you never know what doors will open or close based on how well you do or you don't do, because you just don't know what's out there.
1: Sure. Now, everyone probably listening is like, we get it, like, you know, do good after you graduate Ranger. And the real thing everyone probably wants to hear is fitness related, and diet-related. So, Bobby, after you graduated, what did you do to kickstart your diet back up, to kickstart your fitness back up? How long did it take you to get back to general, like, pre-Ranger School fitness? Uh,
0: I would say that, you know, after Ranger School that weekend, I, like, kind of ate whatever the fuck I wanted to because it was, like, you know, so celebratory. But because I knew I wanted to go to drop a rash two-pack to go to to regimen, I knew that on monday i would have to start training again i just remember that first monday going back to the gym i remember going for a run and running like a 10 minute pace thinking i was gonna die and then going to the gym and getting trapped under a 135 pound barbell on the bench it was just like you it is unbelievably how bad how weak and out of shape you are when you get back to trying to work out but, like, everything, uh, the more consistent you are, the more you do it, the faster it gets back. Like, muscle memory is a thing, and you'll get back yep. pretty quick. So, like, within, like, a month of me getting out of random school, I took an APFD for my packet to go to drop a RASP 2. And I remember I got, like, a 280 on my APFD for, for regiment. But just, like, if you put the time in to, like, make yourself better, you know, you definitely don't want to go overboard on the calories, you know, watching what you're eating. And then just kind of doing back to the basic, like basic strength and conditioning style stuff. So like running in the mornings, and then like lifting in the afternoons and doing CrossFit style, like high intensity stuff in the afternoons. This is what pretty much what yeah. I did, like what we do still with CronusFit and how we program.
1: I, I think if you don't have that experience of going for the infantry guys out there going to Audie Murphy Gym and collapsing under a hundred thirty-five pound bar on either bench or flat bench, like. You didn't really graduate Ranger school. Like, I went with my dad and I was like, no, I pff, 135, like, come on, I, I was doing 275 before. This is not a problem because I was all top heavy. And I remember getting a couple reps and being like, oh no. Yeah. Dead, dead, get it. Dead, dead. And that's also something like, what do you wear at the gym? Uh, at Audie Murphy, there's not, you know, Rangers typically aren't going there because they've got the CRTF. They've,
0: got uh, I would Audie Murphy a lot. Aud-
1: Audimer- not Audie Murphy, I'm talking Smith. Um, oh, Smith. So, like, you don't see, like, a lot of Rangers at, at Smith, because that's, like, the 3ID Task Force 128... Bodybuilding. Like, bodybuilding, you know, uh, for lack of better term, pogues that, you know, are, like, the MPs on posts that are just trying to get big, and they're slow as fuck, and generally, like, not in very good functional shape. Uh, or playing basketball. Um, so, like, I, I'd i wanted to avoid, like, wearing a Ranger Tab shirt just because the proximity of 375. But then I was like, man, I am so weak right now. Like, I want there to be a reason that people know why I'm weak. Like, so I should wear a Ranger, you know, a Ranger Tab shirt just so people know, like, hey, this dude's an asshole for wearing a shirt and, and flexing like this. But now I understand why he's just completely getting crushed by, like, lightweight. So that that, for me, I was like all right like i'll do that once or twice just to make sure people know that bald-headed fuck over there is not a total loser
0: i don't know i feel like if anybody knows anything uh and they see somebody at, like for benning with a shaved head freshly shaved head and that's like dying it's probably super skinny yeah they probably know why that's true that but that brings up a good point about um, about wearing ranger tab stuff uh don't be that guy that when they graduate goes and buys all the ranger tab swag and wears it like don't throw a ranger tab on the back of your truck you know that big ass don't do it just don't do uh, it
1: i know you want to like i I wanted to so badly all i wanted to do was put that and then i was like well who cares like i'm ranger qualified it's like just be cool yeah come on man be cool
0: like yeah
1: i i bought the ranger panties because uh like a bunch of my buddies that I graduated with, that night we went and we had like a little barbecue, and all the guys at Independence Place that had graduated were wearing the same Ranger panties. And it, it sounds totally dorky now, like to have actual Ranger panties, but you know, like you, you should be proud about graduating Ranger school. So, no point after you graduate should you feel at all embarrassed for being proud of that. Um, when I got to Hood. I remember people would give me like dirty looks cause it's Fort hood. It's not like you're wearing a Ranger tab shirt at Lewis or, you know, Hunter or, uh, Benning it's Fort hood. Like there are, you know, more Ranger tabs probably in Greenland than in, you know, all of Colleen, Texas. So like people would just give dirty looks. And that was like one of the things I was like, that's why I'm not putting it on a, on my truck, but like, just don't, don't go overboard with it you don't have to put it on your plate carrier whenever you do murph um you don't have to you know what other what other shit do people you can put it on an algae, like put a ranger tab on an and that's something to be completely like you know proud to do but at the same time again if you're super proud to be like ranger qualified and like that kind of stuff motivates you you should also be the guy that then puts a packet in for one of the soft branches like you shouldn't you shouldn't celebrate your ranger tab if you've not taken the next step to 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 use it
0: yeah definitely for sure it's just like uh i remember i bought like a ranger tab flag but i was like wait where the fuck am i gonna hang this up because it's kind of douchey it's a big ass flag i have like a ranger sweatshirt too that i just have just because that was like my post ranger school uh buy was a ranger hoodie just because, so I just have it for memorabilia's sake, but like I don't wear it really because it's kind of, in my mind, kind of lame to wear that around.
1: Yeah, and they're like, you know, a lot of the stuff that you can buy at uh, uh, Ranger Joe's, which is not the preferred place to go, it's Commandos. Commandos. You know, don't go to Ranger Joe's, it's only Commandos. Um, don't go to Ranger Joe's for the last time. Um, like a lot of that stuff you see there are for the RIs. So if you wear that out and about, and because essentially, if you're not in Ranger Regiment and you're an NCO that's gotten his tab, I, I can't remember what the statistic was, but it was something like you have a sixty to eighty percent chance oh, of yeah. being an RI at some point in your career. Like they tell that to all the enlisted graduates of Ranger School that aren't in Regiment. Like you need people there to, you know, get the next generations of Ranger qualified soldiers out into the Army. And it's a very select pool that they are allowed to pull from um, because guys will get out or you know guys will go soft, and then it's like you'll never see them again. Um, so if you buy that kind of stuff and then go to a unit, there's a likelihood that someone's going to look at you and go like, why are you wearing that Ranger qualified sweatshirt and don't have, you know, like the, the typical white tape, you know, name? Like, I, and I know some units now have the pre-Ranger courses that are run by the divisions, and they're like doing the exact same uniform standards the, that the, the RIs have, which it, it just blows my mind because I've seen pictures of dudes from, Carson specifically on, like, all of these Instagram pages, it's like they're not upholding the standard when it comes to their hair, when it comes to any other part of their uniform other than wearing this, like, look at me. I'm not a real RI, but I'm going to dress like it. Like, that, that frustrated me. Like, you're not. Don't do that.
0: Yeah, so just be cognizant of the image that you are projecting of yourself after you graduate from ranger school whether that's you know swagging out your truck or your car with ranger swag walking around with ranger's apparel like just realize especially around fort benning you know there are a lot of other real rangers walking around that probably won't respect you as much for wearing that stuff around and just be a cool yeah. just be cool just be cool about be it be
1: cool be cool um for the infantry side of the house, like Bobby talked about the, you know, how, how his fitness goals were motivated about you know getting to RAS two and being successful there. Um, we had to do unit PT at iBullock till I left. So like it was a very forceful reunion with all of the eyebullock dudes and now dudettes where you had to go and run cardiac the you know next day after graduating. Um, didn't have to go on any rucks uh, which was nice got to grade the rucks which was fun with one of my buddies who went and sat at the six mile turnaround point Um, but generally it was like we'd go to formation if we weren't on a detail we had to be back at some point in the afternoon um, or if we were waiting to, to go to a course and do a second formation but the rest of the day was ours so it was like going to the gym, trying to get cardio back up. So like what should the focus be like? We've got a post-ranger school program, and this is not like a plug for it, but the the program generally gets you back into getting up to like 15 miles, 20 miles a week for running so that when you get to your unit, you're in general the same cardio shape as you were when you went to ranger school. Um, the lifting will be very basic. Uh, in the program and it's something that I would definitely recommend doing so far as the basics like get your general strength back up and then when you want to go more for like a a functional fitness route I would say once you get closer to PCSing or get to your unit that's what you should focus on again if you know you're going to a light unit like some of them aren't going to care that you can clean and jerk 275 after ranger school. They're going to expect, though, that you can crush a five-miler because the majority of your commanders at the battalion and brigade level are coming from regiment. And they are just be like, hey, we're going to keep the exact same standards here um, as, as elsewhere. Uh, as far as fitness goes, generally your roommate will probably be a graduate with you. Um I remember shopping, though, at the commissary, and it was like, yeah, we're going to split it this week. Like, you get this stuff, I'll get this stuff, and you come back, and I'd have all this rice and ground beef, and my roommate had, like, just all of the Otis Spunkmeyer uh, muffins, all of the peanut butter, and you're like, dude, I, I love it, but I don't want to fucking grow this ranger baby anymore. Like, we have to... That was fine for a week where we just watched nothing but The Office, but... it's time to grow up like we've got to get back to to really earning uh that tab
0: yeah luckily for me like because i knew i had to go to rasp too soon i like set myself up for success by immediately like on monday after getting back from regular school just being like you know i can't be bullshit i can't eat a bunch of bullshit because i have to get back in shape to go to rasp too and that was like, you know, I think don't they like offer profiles coming off of ranger school for like a month or some shit to give you get your like body back to recover or some shit? Is that a thing?
1: Yeah, I got offered a profile when I got back to when I even got to Hood, which was like three weeks later or four weeks later. Um, they were like, do you want a profile? I was like, for what? Yeah. They do have for guys coming off SFAS too. When a, a, a dude that went down to seventh group, um, that was a that was a captain. Um, he had like a three or four week profile because his ankles and stuff were, were blown up from all of the rucking.
0: But yeah, like I would say like within, like, cause I went to Rasp too, like five months after graduating from Ranger school, which I don't know if that's like an anomaly or if that's, but like, I'm blown
1: away that like, I did not understand that was how quick the turnaround was. Cause I'm telling you guys like Bobby beat every single person in that entire class in almost every, like, basic fitness event. Like, not, like... He wasn't, like, Brian, like, you know, having the fastest FOMA, but we did, like, a lot of functional fitness training while we were there. Like, it was not just, like, a... We're gonna run every day. We're just gonna do bodyweight stuff. Like, there was a lot of weightlifting involved. I don't think anyone beat you on a single, like, Metcon we ever did. I don't know about that. (laughs) I know about that, because I was the one, like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, I i hate functional fitness right now why am i losing to him and then when we got to be on a team during the the 75th workout we crushed everyone that was I was like all right good yeah 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 that's my teammate he's good
0: but yeah that's just like just to give you like an expectation of weight if you put your mind to it and put the effort in you can be back to like pretty tip-top shape within five or six months from ranger school uh for sure you just have to put the time and the effort in uh like i was working out like probably 11 or 12 times a week trying to get back in shape because of that like doing yeah, I, PC, I ran every
1: day. Uh, lifting. Uh, so here's another thing. Like I was so afraid that, like no lightning. Um, that being like now in this like ranger body, I avoided legs like the plague. Um, and when I started putting like size back on, I thought I had like chicken legs before I went to ranger school, and then like after it got like way worse. Because I completely avoided them because I was worried if I touched legs, it was going to slow down my return to any kind of cardio shape I was in preschool, um which is like a myth like you don't have to live in fear of of squatting and deadlifting just once a week. Um, you know you'll be good, just do good recovery.
0: yeah, just get back in the gym as soon as possible, push yourself, but don't kill yourself, eat healthy eat like nutritious foods nutritious um nutrient dense foods uh avoid drinking avoid desserts you're no, you're gonna want to after ranger school but your body's so fucked up like from an endocrine system uh that you really need to be really consistent with your diet because as soon as you like eat any shitty food your body's gonna want to soak it up in a fat so just be aware of that and just really watch what you eat yeah, I remember
1: I uh, went to – I went home for like a Christmas thing a couple months after. Like maybe – yeah, and I'd, I'd gotten my dad like a, the frame picture of us uh, from Victory Pond because um, he put the same tab on my shoulder that he had uh, back in 81. And my sister looked at me and she was like, your face is fucking fat.
0: Yeah.
1: And I'm sitting there like, what? Why would you say that? Why would you say that to me? I was like, oh, like, all right, wake up. Like, you can't just be this frumpy dude. Like, I look back and, like, uh, I wasn't putting product in my hair. I just look like shit. Like, it's really embarrassing.
0: Yeah, I was definitely very skinny fat when I showed back up uh, after we were school. And I was like, I really need to get back into shape because I was, like, it was all in the face and my gut. It was just, like, fat. My arms and legs were skinny. Like, that skinny fat look is just, like, that doughy skinny fat look was disgusting.
1: Now I had some buddies that graduated, and they lost. They you know they claimed they lost like fifteen to twenty pounds. Like um, my buddy Matt, and the dude still looked like a professional rugby player. Like the day we graduated, I remember seeing him at the like little Independence Place thing that we had, and then subsequently in the gym and at formations, and still like just yoked. I mean the dude is still yoked to this day. Like you know him. Like I, I was so jealous if I was like. So I think that goes to show, if you go to ranger school, like, pretty svelte and in shape, like, you can also teach yourself while you're at school and, like, track kind of macronutrients and make sure, like, you can count calories and know, okay, like, I'm eating healthy essentially while I'm here at school. I'm going to be calorie deficient probably a couple times, but generally, like, you eat, I think, pretty well at ranger school, not to the point where, like, you're, you're absolutely going to die and shed, like, all of this, like great body weight that you've put on
0: what what are you saying
1: i'm saying that like you can go to ranger school and still kind of plan out somewhat of a diet while you're there what
0: are you talking about
1: oh no i absolutely think that now like if i went through like i would be able to like i know you you kind of get everything that you're given but i definitely think there would have been a better way for me to like eat while i was at school what i don't think i had to i don't think i had to eat like all of the shit that that we would get in like
0: care packages
1: no, 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 no. I, I think that there's a way to, to, to macronutrient up Ranger School.
0: That is uh, – no way. There's no fucking way. They're, they don't get, feed you nearly enough to be able to do that.
1: I'm saying maybe not – like I think they, they don't feed you enough definitely when you're in the field, which is like shitty when you get like the MREs and you're just losing all of this like water weight when I went through in the summer. But like I think when you're not in the field, like you don't have to stock up like on – all of the packets of peanut butter on all that's of the a pancakes lie. that's a i don't know i don't i think i don't advice. know
0: that's fucking i don't know terrible be, advice
1: be the guy that goes through and does like a bodybuilding regime that's like. fucking
0: terrible advice
1: <laughs> mm, no no <laughs>
0: when you're not in the field at Ranger school eat as much as you can because when you're, when you're in the field you gotta store up that fat to, to, to feed you in the field that is terrible advice do not listen to what sean just said Or track your
1: calories. In fact, if you're at iBullock and you're going through with a really jacked dude, you should have a competition to see who can eat the cleanest at ranger school and graduate the fastest. That That would be an
0: awesome test. That is terrible advice. No, because you would fucking die. Or
1: maybe you wouldn't and you'd have an awesome story.
0: Here's the thing. The only reason why I graduated skinny fat is because I recycled Florida. And during a five-day recycle period, I probably ate like 30,000 calories in a day
1: that sounds like it's not very healthy no it's like, not would you say you could have scaled back on maybe some of that you could have dieted yourself
0: yeah i mean like during oh, the re- during, i don't f- d- during the do recycle we, break where's i the
1: producer can we get someone to rewind f- that's two that's and a half not, minutes ago
0: that doesn't apply the situation i think get, during random school if you recycle you should probably eat as much as you can depend on some fat because you're not getting tests on your five mile or ap or rpfd unless you you know have to day zero recycle but like uh, I will say that during Florida recycle break, I had a buddy that was in seventh group who had a roommate that would drop off care packages for us every night.
1: That's pretty dope.
0: And uh, so there's plenty of stories that, you know, Ranger bad boys would like have set like drop points for them to like get resupplies at night or whatever. So my buddy. Oh, the ingenuity of some yeah. of them,
1: like, like, you know, the, the dipping that was going on on the bus going, uh, to Florida and then on the drive back to, to Benning, like, you know, these care packages and I'm like, how did you guys get, like, they went through everything and they're like, no, our wives know how to pack. And you're just like, <laughs> I'm so impressed. I've, <laughs> I, I didn't know what Ranger Regiment was before I got to Ranger school. And like, I had a squad that was half, uh, Rangers and uh, super impressed the, the, the levels of, of tech that they master when it comes to food packaging is, is second to none
0: yeah so i will say that during that recycle break uh with my seventh group buddy who had because w- we we're down in destin anyway so seventh group was there would drop us drop off food for us almost every night during recycle break so i definitely got a little chubby during recycle break uh which is why i graduated kind of skinny fat at the end of range of school uh, but my point of the story is that you should definitely eat as much as you can during school When you're in garrison, like they give you one portion anyway, so it's not like you can just like get double portions. You can't get seconds either way. You're just eating what they give you, so just maximize the calories you get in because you're gonna burn it off either way. Yeah, don't listen to Sean's advice. That's fucking stupid. You're gonna body
1: build your way through Ranger School. You can do it. So
0: hard. (laughs) It got so miserable. That's so miserable.
1: Yeah, I uh, I was I was very happy to to go through straight through. Um, barring the, uh, the potential recycle for major minuses. But, um, like, I don't know what I would have done on a recycle, dude. Like, I didn't even want to. Like, I literally didn't even put it out in the universe. I told myself, I'm not recycling. This shit's not happening to me. And then when they were like, here's five major minuses for one event, I was like, oh, shit. What am I going to do? Yeah. Like, I have no friends now here. I'm a loser because my friends are all gone again. Like,
0: yeah yep. I, I will say that uh what was the point i saying oh yeah during my ranger school class we didn't get care packages until our bus arrived from florida back to Bending after graduating or for oh, that shit so like i right. don't for your shit about saying like say like don't eat all your care packages that didn't that didn't occur for us like we didn't get care packages until we left florida to go back to Bendings.
1: i think we i feel like we got them like two Every, or three times uh at. In mountains, we only got it once, and we only got an hour with them. We didn't get an uh, hour. And that was disgusting in mountains. I felt like, uh, what was that movie, Matilda, mm-hmm. where the, the kid has to eat that entire, entire chocolate, chocolate cake. cake. I felt like that. Like, I felt disgusting walking out of the gymnasium there. Um, but, no, we got, we got uh, MREs and some, like, we got to bring a couple items of care packages with us, I think, on the bus. And then, uh, I know we were talking about, like, post-graduating stuff, but... Like graduating the I felt more afraid of not graduating the like three days that we are oh, waiting yeah. to graduate. Oh, where yeah. they're like, here's an eight hour pass, and you're like, I need to be back in forty-five minutes. Like, I'm not risking this. Or like, you know, they're like, Hey, don't drive. Like, that's a fucking real thing. Do not drive. Like the RIs have a break too. So they're gonna be at like all downtown waiting for some guy that clearly looks like he's hundred and twenty pounds and bald pulling up to commandos and not Ranger Joe's. Um, and and clearly gonna be a potential ranger gra- graduate. Don't bring your phone with you. Like, you'll get dropped on the spot if you have your phone, you know, on you when you're in a formation somewhere. It's like all that stupid shit that you're like, I just don't want to get caught up in. I don't ever want to get in trouble. I want to get my shit, get out of Victory Pond, go pick up my bags, and then like drive the fuck away from here for the short while.
0: Yeah, that was like yeah. We didn't get any chiropractors our entire time in school. And then that, like, that break before you graduate, it's like, don't fuck up. Do not get in trouble because it's not worth it. Just do what they tell you to do. Just suck it up for the last couple of days and just get the fuck out.
1: Dude, I'll tell you, I don't know where – where did you go for um, when they put you in barracks when you were waiting to graduate? Were you, were you on uh, – what is it, camp?
0: I don't – that's, like, a blur to me. I think it was, like, the, like, National Guard train-up site or some shit. That's I think yeah, us. over
1: by the Basic Training Center, over by Sand Hill.
0: Sure. I can't tell you where it was. Yeah, they
1: put us there, too. That was amazing because it was, like, incredibly AC-controlled. Yeah, AC. Like, it was it was clean. It was big. It was quiet. It was, like, pitch black all the time, and guys were sleeping for, like, two to three days. Um, like, that was... That was clutch. Uh,
0: also, CIF and Ranger turn in is always fun to turn on. Your- oh, you didn't have to do it because you're look.
1: I did have to do it. I had to do it when I left Benning. Like, that I had to. Don't oh, yes, it does. Oh, my shit was dirty and, like, they were kicking stuff back left and right. Like, it was. I had pouches that were missing that I swear I never got. Like, the CIF at Benning was notoriously awful. And it was like, cause they knew everyone that was coming was turning their shit in from ranger school. It's like, I cannot make this look pretty. Like this is going to look like it went through the battle of the bulge.
0: So I will say that I was a first time go at ranger school, CIF. You can kiss my ass. Uh, I washed everything. And then I was missing one thing, but I did pull some shady shit where I was, ta- was sweet talking to the lady at the desk. And when she turned around, I just grabbed one that was sitting there and turned it back in. <laughs> So <laughs> I, I tried out. to
1: flirt with everyone. I don't care like who it was, man, woman, not child, although that would be the saying like I flirted my fucking ass off just to get out of CIF like see like the Yankees, how fucking Boston and we like generate small talk, you are like just don't look at my shit, just don't look at my hair
0: That's that's like the major key for like CIF. All you just have to sweet talk whoever you're turning into make sure and then just sweet talk to them give like give some good conversation and they're not gonna they're not gonna look at your stuff as clearly as closely
1: yeah and like talk shit on like some field grade or something that you know is having a bad day like ahead of you like, like someone's not having fun turning in it just takes a little bit of scrub and then they're exactly. like yeah i know like exactly. what a dick and you're like what a what a dick right anyway yeah there's six holes in this just don't look up in the light <laughs> like that's all that's all you need yeah, clearing it's Benning big. uh yeah, I felt like nice took person. like Yeah, just be just be a good person. Just be nice. Be cool. Be cool. Just be cool.
0: But yeah, that was a fun clearing CIF ranger school.
1: Yeah, uh what else what do I? what else can we say for people that just graduated, especially like for guys at iBullock, what
0: to expect? Uh I don't know, but I, bullock uh, maybe like schools that you can do after ranger school.
1: Oh yeah. They were, I think for a lot of guys, they don't send them to airborne now, um, until they graduate (laughs) ranger, which you, you went through ranger without being airborne qualified. And so that, that was, I don't know, like what that was like. Uh, but like for, for a lot of guys too, like waiting to go to follow on schools, um, is a pain in the ass, like, trying to get slots. I had two slots for mech leaders, and I was able to sham my way out of both of them because I'm just super proud. I've never been inside of a running Bradley ever. Like, not once has that thing been on, and I've been inside. I've done a lot of, like, layouts of them, uh, but I avoided that. Uh, I wanted to try to go to, like, Mortar Leaders course and to the Heavy Weapon Leaders course, um, and I wanted to go to Pathfinder, um, but they only reserved those schools for guys that were either honor grads of Ibolic or had specific requests from their gaining units. Oh, gaining units. I didn't write my battalion commander. I, um, I looked up who my commander was and saw that he was a tabless armor officer and was like, yeah, nothing good is going to come from this. Like, hey, sir, I just graduated ranger school, something that you've never done in your 17-year career because you've been fat and lazy on your ass. I'm ready to be a platoon leader. Like, no, you're going to staff nerd.
0: Yeah. What do you think? Th- what is your advice for people to write like letters to the commanders or not? My advice is not to do it because I think that you give an opportunity to make yourself look bad before you even show up to the unit.
1: Yeah. And I th- unless you're like some noble laureate writer, I don't know what the purpose is. I, I a a lot of, uh, I would say the only people that I've known that have like really written letters, happen to be west pointers i don't know if it's like the the west point thing to do but like the guys will be like yeah i emailed my brigade commander it's like why yeah like uh, of all the things that they've got going on they don't care that some new captain from career course is coming in or you know if there's 85 of them in his brigade he doesn't care who you are same for the battalion commander he doesn't care because there are 35 lieutenants in his formation like who cares? And what are you going to say in there anyway? That he can't just pull up on your ORB when he requests from the S1 all the the new gaining lieutenants. It's just, yeah, um,
0: it's just like what do you? You can't differentiate yourself yet because it's your first unit, so it's not like you can be like, oh, you know, I did CTLT and I was a really good cadet at CTLT. Like what else? Yeah, are you I saying? did great.
1: <laughs> hey, I really like fitness. Uh, my famous uh, quote from. You know, LDAC was lead the way, but now that I'm Ranger qualified, I can say the whole thing. Uh, I'm super excited to to be in your formation. I know we have a lot of great training coming up. I want to get there as soon as possible. Like, I'm telling you what, I've only had, like, one battalion commander I've really enjoyed working for. The rest I could do without seeing ever again in my entire life, so... You're probably going to have a situation like that where you, in, in three months of getting to that unit, you're not going to have any respect for this individual anyway, and you're going to look back at this like cheesy letter that you wrote and be super embarrassed for yourself and judge yourself. So avoid that. If you want to write a letter to anybody, uh, may, uh, maybe the three. That's, like If you know somebody that knows uh, somebody, like I'm saying like I would write a letter to the three before I wrote one to the battalion uh. commander.
0: I would just forego writing a letter, period. I mean, I don't think it accomplishes anything for you. It only gives you an opportunity to make yourself look bad before you even show up to the unit and to create a perception that you might necessarily not want before you even show up to the unit.
1: No. Um, Showing up to unit two, like, you're going to go through in-processing. You're going to be doing PT. Again, it's just going to suck for you, man. Like, congratulations on being Ranger Qualified. You're going to staff. You might have, like, one buddy that gets to go into a platoon straight away, but, like, 19 out of 20 of you are going straight to staff, and you might have to go straight to EIB. If you have an opportunity to do EIB right when you get to your unit, fucking do it, because, like, all the things that you're going to be tested on are the same, like... Ranger tasks, uh, the RTTs that you got um, going through first phase, and so you're going to be able to crush that. Like that, that'll be a real another quick way to differentiate yourself. Because if there's one thing that I know, that dudes that don't have tabs love bragging about having, it's EIB. So get your EIB. So it's just like another fucking like, look at, I did it. It's an expectation. It's a standard that I can pass and go through and try to be like true blue.
0: Uh, maybe we should talk about uh about recycling at all should i talk a little bit about recycling and that mindset
1: yeah because i'll be honest i again i i did not go through school thinking that it was going to happen and then when it was a very real possibility because i just i didn't wear a helmet in a truck like i was terrified because i'd not prepared myself purposefully for the idea of waiting for three weeks for a phase to start over and then like reinserting myself into a very close-knit group of dudes
0: yeah i will say that i recycled florida um and that was uh a relatively quick recycle break it was only like five day recycle break in between classes which is really nice so i didn't have time or that much time in between to like do stupid details uh but recycling i think i kind of did it to myself because like uh my class that i started in graduate like april like 3rd or something but the next class i knew graduated april 25th which is my birthday so I think I kind of put it out in the universe. I'm like, hey, it'd be kind of, I was like, I kind of joked. I was like, oh, it'd be cool to graduate my birthday. And then sure enough, I fucking graduate my birthday because I just had to recycle a class. So
1: uh, what what what's the number of people that, you know, of successful graduates or recycles? It's pretty, what is it, like 60%? Yeah, I think it's like
0: two thirds are recycled, like recycled at some point. Only like one third or 30% go through straight through. So it's like pretty rare to go straight through. Uh, So the vast majority of people do recycle. And I think the biggest thing when you recycle is that, you know, you get put into a brand new squad uh, with guys that have been together since, you know, derby phase. So, like, you really have to be value added to the squad. Uh, You might not want to, but you should probably volunteer to carry the heavy shit to make yourself, you know, to give yourself a better peer and to, you know, earn some respect amongst the other guys you're joining because, they don't know who you are they don't give a shit who you are you're just some random stranger that joins their squad so really yeah tell them a,
1: what not to do like to make them successful cuz you're also probably going to be put in a leadership position day 1 you're either like briefing the platoon order if you're in uh mountains or florida uh or you're leading it for actions on like you're they want to give you an opportunity to get your go as soon as possible so you can help out
0: yeah so just be value added that's and that's kind of the model of ranger school in general just be value added to your squad and platoon
1: I know Ibullet pass rates are awful right now, um, like embarrassingly so. Like the last time I saw a statistic, it was something like 32 or 40% of, of Ibullet guys were graduating. That's it? It's
0: like 130?
1: That's it, yeah. And I, like I think they take into account the fact that, you know, you might have a class of 160, but... You got a lot of National Guard guys that are coming through um, if it's not, like, a West Point-heavy front load. Like, I had a lot of National Guard guys, so none of them really get slots. Uh, and then, you know, you have a lot of, like, just straight dudes that just do not meet the standard and graduate. Oh, I, see. I, I, I think in my eye bullet class, uh, I remember there were something like 65 uh, dudes that we sent to Ranger, and I think nine of us went straight through. And then subsequently in the months to follow, I only think like a literally like a handful graduated um, after that, at least the ones that like we'd kept in touch with and heard through the grapevines that they had either been successful or unsuccessful at the course. So it was like if, you know, if the dude had not graduated ranger school within like, I don't know, two months uh, of you graduating, like I don't think they did. So like that was a, you know, look around, you'll, you'll see your peers. Again, the guy's like, you knew were were really good are usually going to go straight through so if, if they're doing something that you're not doing you should probably try to do it while you're at ibook to get to get into that mindset and standard
0: yeah i will say uh i share a story about my one buddy that i started ranger school with we kind of we're in the same company or platoon i can't remember and we went through each phase together we both recycled floor together and he double good florida he was an infantry dude double no go florida took a day zero recycle so no recycle break took a day zero went straight through and graduated Wait. as. what i
1: i feel like i know that the same dude
0: we'll talk about this offline because i don't know yeah, yeah i don't dox him but took a day zero recycle went all the way through and then graduated as the officer honor graduate and then stayed at fort benning for following for like following schools he got uh pathfinder He got air assault and he got his EIB all post ranger school, and then I came back to Fort Benning for Ras for PCSing the Benning after Ras two, and he was still there, and I stayed with him in his place when I was looking for a place at Fort Benning. He stayed at Fort Benning for like two fucking years. That's awesome. Good dude. That's
1: I I I got threatened with a a day, maybe it was a day zero, yeah, and I was like. Uh, I'll do Florida again. Like, no way am I going back to fucking day zero. Dude, I don't know how I took the
0: RPFT day zero from like doing I sixty. I would not. Yeah. Nope. I, I would be. I'd
1: be completely fucked. Maybe. I,
0: maybe that would have been,
1: been miserable.
0: Yeah, I wonder if the RIs just know that you did like a day. You took a day zero, and they just kind of like, give you like, go on the RPFT and stuff, just because like they know. Kind of like one them. of those
1: things. Like if you've didn't pass land nav the first time and you had to do it again right before the ruck. They made you wear like a red chem light so that you could be identified because you didn't get as much sleep uh, or rest as the rest of the, the ranger class. I don't know,
0: maybe. I don't know. But either way, I know plenty of dudes who have spent a long time at ranger school. And then the big thing is that just don't give up because if you LOM, you'll never get the chance to go back. Take,
1: yeah. And aside from guys that graduate, like, like, nobody gives a shit that you recycled. Like, no. you know, sometimes they might, like, joke about it, but they really don't care. The fact is that you went and you graduated and you did it, and, and you didn't, like, quit. Um, I had a buddy that was going to double no-go uh, mountains, and he was told, like, you do this, man. You're like, just finish. He was like, no. Like, i spent too much time away from my family. And you're like,
0: you spent do all this that. time away
1: from your family, and you're coming back empty-handed. Like, do not leave that school until you have your tab. Like, Yeah. Nothing else matters That's all you want
0: Dude yeah Just don't give up Definitely do not give up Because that is a shitty You're going to regret that For the rest of your life If you give up
1: Yeah I wanted to walk Like I'll be honest I wanted to leave When we were doing uh, Like pre-airborne instructions Because I lived In Norton Village I could see my window To my room From the uh, From the bays And I was just like I could literally Walk home right now Be like I'll come Get my shit tomorrow I'll drive there I was like, ugh, get, I need it. we need to go to this FTX now. Like, I don't want to be here. This is fucking, it was awful. I, it was like probably, it's probably the lowest mentally like I've ever been in my life. Like truly ever been where I was just like, I want to quit. And you're like, dude, you've been here for what? 96 hours. Like, this is not bad. Like, shut the fuck up. Like, and then I got a no go because I didn't listen to the instruction. And (laughs) when I got onto the DZ, I, uh, i forgot to put a magazine in i was like did i need to put it no it's unsafe if i'm running around on an active drop zone with a mag in is that well i don't know fuck it and then i got there and they're like where's your mag and i was like that makes sense yeah i probably needed that like so don't get caught up in feeling sorry for yourself because you'll make stupid fucking errors yeah
0: i will say that in florida i was feeling real sorry for myself my second recycle in florida where I remember distinctly remember I was praying for a spi- or for a snake to bite me, so I go to the hospital for a couple of days. Oof. That was pretty low mentally. <laughs> Dude, that's <laughs> awful. I was praying for a snake bite. I was like, I pray to God, like please God, have a snake bite me. Not a really poisonous one, just once so I go to the hospital for a couple days. Like a python,
1: r- like a little bit of a bone chip.
0: Yeah. And I was like Ugh. But yeah, that's just Everybody goes to that phase in ranger school. You just have to get through it, man. It sucks. You just got to suck it up and just push through. Yeah. plenty. Well, of, we're
1: we're we're getting in the realm of, of ranger stores. You got anything cool coming up this week on your, your training schedule?
0: Uh, July 1st, I start my first day in the hospital as a doctor. Um, I'm doing a 24 next Saturday, so I probably won't be able to do this next Sunday. Uh, I'm doing a 24-hour shift on July 4th, which is unfortunate because... The fourth of july is like my favorite holiday of the year
1: got to celebrate the patriarchy man
0: yeah i i'm i I don't know like what it is about fourth of july but i've I've always loved fourth of july like growing up fireworks like having the cookouts uh even being deployed like fourth of july on deployments are like great days too
1: yeah i've never liked fourth of july i always thought it was like a virtue signaling holiday for the majority of the population like the assholes that wear the the flag uh bro shorts and the flag tanks and you know they do all this barbecuing and it's like this hyper masculine frat bro thing where they're just getting photos and they have no idea what they're celebrating but they're gonna chant usa you know as loud as they can like it's just this it's not a true like level of patriotism i just like it because of the the fake asses that are out there that celebrate it
0: yeah, i'm cynical when it still comes to that appreciate yeah maybe just I I just always have loved the 4th of July maybe because of I just understood what it actually is and that's to me like one of my favorite holidays of the year
1: no I mean it's a great holiday but like I don't know just being like being an undergrad and then like being out and seeing how people in the city celebrate 4th of July like it is not like a it's not a patriotic thing it's just like a oh we have a day off we can day drink kind of like holiday that I see a bunch of like the younger generation doing that always soured the taste for me.
0: I love it. My favorite holiday, but, uh, that's what I have going on this week. July 1st, come July 1st, I'll be putting in orders, be taking care of people for real.
1: That's awesome. Dr. Dr. Zang.
0: Yeah. I'll be a true doctor. All right. But I guess we'll wrap it with that. Uh, let us know if you guys have any other questions. Uh, really, actually, we start getting a lot of respo- like uh, people hitting us up on uh, Instagram and, and the DMs and other stuff, saying about how they passed selections or passed uh, schools. Uh, that's actually really. I love seeing those stories. Yeah. Um, w- I forget one guy like messaged us saying that he was like number one in his SWAT team or SWAT selection for in the police academy. That's so that was like really pretty badass hearing that
1: yeah and we got some, some cats out there that are doing well with their weight and their diet and their nutrition planning so like if, if you give us feedback uh, and let us know how you're doing especially when it comes to like finishing these schools we love to, to help out and let you know like what you can expect or if you have questions again for your infantry officer or FA officer out there that want to know like what the next steps are um, if we don't know the answer we'll point you in the direction of people that, that knew
0: we have a new review uh, on yeah. iTunes from, uh, ironically enough, Florida Recycle. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he goes, incredibly humble and knowledgeable guys, their willingness to invest time into guys who ha- who they have never met is a gift to so many. Appreciate that. That's really like, sweet. Like we were just saying, we really appreciate when you guys hit us up with your success stories because it really makes it more worthwhile for us. Like Sean and I have said over the multiple years, years that we don't see any monetary gain from this company we don't get any salary from it we get pretty much nothing we just do this because i do it because i enjoy programming and enjoy giving back to you guys it's something gives me something to do aside from medicine and i appreciate having hobbies outside of medicine Uh, and it's just been a very fun opportunity to to learn more about programming and fitness and being able to hang out with you guys
1: and I do it because I think everyone should have an opportunity to, to succeed and that, you know, fitness should not be a secret to success and, and should not prevent you from, like, maximizing your service in the military, like paying in some outrageous costs for, you know, a program that, you know, someone generated and then, like, it, it's just got to – there's, there's got to be, like, a price point on it that, that's reflective of, like, actual service. And I think being, like, Ranger qualified or going after and getting your Green Beret is, like – that shouldn't cost you anything like if you get your tab like if you want to pay us back pay it back by being a bearer and not a wearer and like living up to like every word in that creed and like understand the meaning behind it and be a good dude and be somebody and do that
0: or do that definitely do that there are a lot more do hitting us up too which is very refreshing to see really really like that idea too Um, And just to give you guys a little essay about what the costs go to pretty much everything that you guys pay for helps keep the lights on helps us to keep generating funds to keep paying it back to other places uh, and to keep generating money for other things that uh, we can help support. So even though we don't draw a salary from it, your donations and your contributions do go a long way into keeping the lights on and to keeping us running and helping to support you guys.
1: And in order to maximize that, we're going to be investing in like a screen printer um, and having... Uh, stock on hand and inventory on hand so that you know we can send these shirts out um, which might slow down some of the delivery timelines uh that we have currently with um our our partners i'll be honest
0: though uh, printful has i would say right now for any but i'm not about to turn off the store because printful is like oh no a month behind (laughs) right now
1: yeah but like printful before this has been like you know phenomenal for us but we're looking at being able to save much more money so that we can increase the scholarships this year, um, and then continue with doing uh, our monthly donations. So, uh, you know, that's where we at, that we're we're at right now with like what we want to invest with uh, next for Cronus Fit, um, you know, and then try to just get uh, potential uh, events going for for dudes, whether it's five Ks, ten Ks, or getting like a that Cronus affiliation out there. It will not cost anything either. Um, just to get guys together and, and work out.
0: And with that, we'll leave you guys with that. You guys have a good week. We'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Later.